Welcome to a brand new episode of Thinking Out Loud. I'm Riaz Safi. Remember to press the subscribe button and you will be notified when a new episode is uploaded. It is said that food is a source of life. It sustains one throughout the day to carry out the various chores, be it cleaning the house, cooking, exercising, going to work, etc. However, overeating and obesity has become a huge epidemic globally. On Thinking Out Loud today, I have the pleasure of welcoming registered dietitian who specializes in Indian and vegetarian diets, Mayuri Bhavan. Hi and welcome to Thinking Out Loud. Hi, yes. Thanks for having me today. Certainly, it's a pleasure having you with us on Thinking Out Loud. I'm going to start off with a question that's rather basic and simple, yet I'm sure it can make a difference to people listening. Why do we eat and what is the purpose of food in our lives? Well, thanks for that question. I think it's good to always start at the basic level. Um, so, you know, we obviously eat for many reasons, um, but generally we eat for sustenance, we eat for energy, we eat for, um, in, uh, yeah, so for us to be able to do our jobs on, on a daily basis. Um, however, food has just become such a, um, has become so complex in the sense that, you know, we, we often eat for the wrong reason. So, you know, we, if we're having a bad day or, we, or, or we're celebrating, we sort of eat. So there's different, there's different reasons of why we're eating. And the, a lot of the times people don't necessarily understand how much they should be eating um, and also maybe overdoing it um, at times. So, but the main reason why we are eating food is for nourishment and for us to be able to have that energy so that we are able to... Um, you know, do our tasks for the day and for us to survive uh, in a nutshell. That absolutely makes sense. And that leads me into the next question that I have. And of course, with the epidemic, uh, lots of people are going through very stressful times, anxiety being one of them. And in the South African context in particular, uh, we're at number 30 in terms of the most obese countries in the world. Uh, and 30% of our population is described as obese. How did we get here? And what is the way forward? So I think it's also, you know, when I think about that, um, you know, it's not overnight. Uh, you know, we're not, we're not sort of gaining that weight overnight. So I think it's also due to how we were brought up. Um, and, I, and again, I'm just looking also at our Indian community is, you know, from, from a young age, from six months on, uh, we are being exposed to foods that the family's eating, which is generally carbohydrates, uh, you know, the rotis, the rices, but in, just in general, other cultures also, um, we're exposed to family foods, which is, you know, the rice, the pups and everything else that goes with it. But it's, we don't know portions. Um, so generally people don't know how much they should be eating. Um, again, we eat for the wrong reasons. So, a lot of people are just eating without actually also listening to their body or being more intuitive of how much they should be having. Um, also, the fact is that we are not necessarily eating the right types of foods at the, at the right times. Uh, we're also not necessarily including all food, all food groups in our meals or um, we may be lacking of some. So when it comes to a general healthy plate, we often speak about... Um, 
you know, healthy carbohydrates, which are high in fiber, um, our lean proteins, our healthy fats, and lots of fruits and vegetables, and obviously making sure that we're drinking enough water. However, a lot of people are failing at not eating high fiber foods, which will also be a, a cause of us um, gaining a little bit weight um, as we're not getting enough roughage in our diet. Um, also not eating enough fruits and vegetables, so not necessarily getting enough of those uh, vitamins and minerals and other nutrients that we would need. Um, and, and proteins, often a lot of people are eating the excess fat on them. Um, and also not necessarily drinking enough water and obviously choosing types of drinks like sugary cool drinks uh, or fruit juices, thinking that they are okay to have, which it is. And I think it's also just in the context um, of, of frequency. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's a lack of education. It's a lack of um, understanding how much we actually should be having on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, also, obesity is also coming from, from socioeconomics. So in some parts of, you know, if we're talking in South Africa, people cannot afford what we say is healthy. Um, so often they fill themselves on sort of high carbohydrate foods um, as, you know, unfortunately they don't maybe have access to any other protein sources or enough vegetables. Um, again, this is where I think we encourage people to start doing their own vegetable gardens if they're able to, where they are able to access a lot more vegetables, um, having to start swapping out certain foods like the breads and the pup um, uh, with, with sort of more legumes, uh, such as your beans, lentils, and chickpeas, uh, which in turn sort of gives you a higher fiber content, but also lower in fat, um, and, and also swapping out your saturated fats, such as your um, you know, excess fat on the meats by trimming them off, um, and you know, changing certain types of milks to sort of a low-fat version, um, yeah, so I think it's just, you know, in general, I think we're not necessarily educated from a young age of what, you know, how we should be eating. And also a lot of people don't generally go to a doctor to have their bloods tested or, or, or looked at. And I think this is also a cause of us not being able to um, change anything in time because people just don't know. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in the area of educating people on, on portion control and really just focusing on quality of food that we have in our diet. What comes to mind after hearing what you just said is, of course, uh, within our communities, like you picked up earlier, uh, and, and within a lot of culture, food is seen as a form of celebration, isn't it? Have something sweet, yeah. have something hot. Uh, we, we use food very often as a way to bond with people as well. Yes, definitely. And, um, and this is the thing. So, you know, it's, it's also very much of, like you said, a celebration. And, you know, it's not to say that we can, we cannot partake in these events, but again, it's also knowing um, when to stop. But again, we don't know that. We don't know when to stop, unfortunately, because we just get so sued into the whole um, occasion. And, you know, when we're with other people, we sort of just forget about um, 
you know, what we are trying to achieve in our own health goals. So it's, but again, it's education. It's, it's people that they don't really know what's healthy, what's unhealthy. I don't really also like to term food as good or bad. I don't think that food is, there's no such thing as good or bad food. It's, it's what is healthy and what's not healthy. And it's also having the approach of um, 80, 80% of healthy foods and 20% of unhealthy foods in our diet. So having that approach as opposed to saying, I cannot eat this or I can eat this. Um, yeah, so I think for, for most parts, people just need to be educated on how much they should be eating at a specific time. I like that because you're talking of a balance here because very often when you hear about diets, it's about don't eat this, eat this. And your mind automatically then wants you to eat what you can't. So that's where I personally believe the problem comes in. Yes, yes. No, I think the restrictions then definitely make us want to eat more of the wrong things. Um, so it's also just, you know, managing... Um, managing the expectation of that person or again, so, you know, I'm using my client as an example. It's, it's, you know, often they come to me and they say, may I need to lose weight. What can I eat? What can't I eat? And, and especially also for patients who are diabetic, they often um, have been told in the past that, um, you know, they shouldn't really eat fruit and they should, you know, avoid bananas or they should avoid, um, all sort of tropical fruits, and it's not true. It's it's all about portion control. So it's really saying when you are eating anything, it's how much you're eating of it. So it's we're talking about, um, you know, what type of foods are you eating? How much are you eating? And how often are you eating it? And that sort of base that sort of questions that you keep sort of uh, uh, sort of uh, repeating to yourself um, or guiding yourself at least helps you to understand. How much am I eating of something and where should I start cutting down on? Um, yeah, so again, it is just um, looking at it at a more methodical level as opposed to black and white. That does make uh, lots of sense because if I think about it, we, we grew up with my grandmom here in our home and uh, she always had lots of vegetables. So she was mainly a vegetarian uh, and uh, she walked every day, I think it should be maybe about three to five kilometers every afternoon. And she lived up to the age of 87. When she got sick, we took her wow. to, the, to the hospital and they told us her heart was like in perfect condition. She ate everything we did, but I guess it's just the portions um, and, and not eating junk food. I never, I can never remember her ever eating junk food. Yes. And I think that's, you know, with us, with a modern society right now, you know, we would like to, and, and again, I'm using myself as an example, being Indian myself, we, we tend to want to eat the traditional type of foods, yet we also want to have a mixture of, you know, pastas and pizzas and burgers and chips, which, which again brings in that saturated fat content um, in our diet. Um, so we want to have best of both worlds and then still have that health outcome of being healthy and lean and fit and, um, you know, uh, being able to to do everything but again it's just having to be quite conscious about um how often you're eating foods that are not made you know at home because again you don't know what they're putting in there um and again we also don't know portion control so when we are eating pizza or pasta we would tend to eat the whole portion uh we again if you had made pizza at home 
you know, one or two slices would be sufficient because, again, you know what you're putting in there and you're obviously adding a lot more vegetables onto, onto your pizza or, um, yeah, I think, I think at the end of the day, we, we want best of both, but we actually can't afford that <laughs> from a health point. Of course not. Now, you spoke a lot about diets being carbohydrate, uh, mainly a carbohydrates for most Indian and other uh, cultures as well. Why is carbohydrates seen as something so bad? Because after all, carbohydrates does give you energy, doesn't it? Yes. So, so that's the thing, you know, uh, everyone seems to shame carbohydrates, which unfortunately is quite um, disappointing because it's also, again, a lack of understanding. So how I always explain it is that carbohydrates, think of it as an umbrella. Um, so it uh, basically has different rods underneath it. So carbohydrates is made up of um, fruits and vegetables, your starches, as well as your sugary foods. Now, when we're talking about the unhealthy carbohydrates, we're talking about refined carbs, which is your floury-based foods, which is your pastries and your biscuits, um, your wraps, uh, certain types of breads. Um, and then we're talking about sugary foods, which is your chocolates and your bis- uh, your chocolates and your ice cream, um, as well as your cool drinks. Um, so when we're talking about unhealthy carbs, those is what we are addressing and what we're trying to reduce in our diet. We what we're trying to also push in a lot more for for clients or, or people who are trying to eat healthy is more high fiber. So we want to r- rather say let's try to change the type of rice that we're eating to maybe more of a brown rice or um, um, yeah brown rice or looking at introducing different other grains like quinoa or buckwheat or bulgur wheat. Um, looking at including more legumes, um, your beans, chickpeas, um, into our diet. Uh, make sure you're choosing a healthier, high-fiber cracker. Often people like to choose rice cakes. You're not getting much fiber from that, unfortunately. Um, and then also making sure you're eating, obviously, enough fruits and vegetables. And color, a lot of color is what we need in, in our diet. Often we go to the supermarkets buying the same thing, uh, on a weekly basis, and we're not getting that variety in terms of vitamins and minerals. So, again, when we're looking at carbohydrates, they're not bad. It's what you are obviously, tr- we're obviously wanting to take out the refined carbs and the sugars, yes, but we're also looking to increase the high fiber carbs in our diet. Wow, that sounds exciting. So, I can continue eating my rice and roti. Yes, <laughs> as long as your roti is made with a good flour. Absolutely. Now, another building block when it comes to food is protein. Now, there's obviously a lot out there in the media in terms of how much you should be eating. Uh, There's also a myth in in the sense that if you eat too much protein, your kidneys are going to suffer, you're going to have a long-term problem, etc., what is the truth about eating protein and how much should you be eating? Okay. So, yeah, very important question. So, you know, protein is very important. It is an essential macronutrient. And, it, uh, you know, we, we consider it 
as our building blocks. And um, this is for our bones, our muscles, our cartilage, and our skin. In fact, also our hair and nails are mostly compromised, uh, comprised of, of protein. Um, protein is also obviously needed for um, the repair of the tissue. Uh, it also helps with digestion. So in terms of... Um, you know, making our enzymes, which aids in the digestion of the food and making new cells in the body. Uh, I often find that with protein, we also need it specifically or, well, we obviously need it for, for most general health, but I find specifically with diabetes, uh, diabetic patients, um, if they're not necessarily eating enough protein in their meal, that also affects their sugar readings. So um, generally also protein keeps us satiated. So it keeps us much fuller, which also reduces our cravings for any sweet things. Um, protein also is very important for hormone regulation, especially during the transformation and development of cells during puberty. So there's lots of reasons why we should be having protein. Um, you know, in terms of how much we should be having, for, you know, as an individual, we generally work on uh, 0.8 grams uh, per kilogram body weight. So, again, it depends on that individual where they are. Obviously, patients who or clients who have, um, you know, a, a renal function, I mean, a, um, a kidney uh yeah, a kidney issue or who has diabetes or who is trying to gain muscle would have obviously a different amount of protein in their daily intake. So it all is just very individualized. So what are the best sources of protein? Name us a few, a veg as well as non-veg. Okay, so when we're talking about um, non-veg, obviously we're trying to push in a lot more lean proteins. So you know, chicken without the skin, um, any red meat without the excess fat, um, looking at your fish, so specifically your hake, your kink lip, your sole, um, those are generally your low-fat um, fish, which obviously is low in fat, but also high in protein. Also your omega-3s, uh, which is your salmon, sardines, poultures, um, eggs, not to forget them, um, as well as yogurt. So those are your general and, and, and cheeses, like your low-fat cottage cheese um, or even your mozzarella. Um, then when we're talking about vegetables, uh, protein sources, which are very limited, um, and this is where just, again, having to mix and match, which will obviously help you to maintain those protein needs in the day, um, are your tofus, your soya products, um, your, uh, your beans and lentils will also fall under that category of protein as well as a carbohydrate. Um, and then also looking at your um, edamame beans, um, pea protein powders, um, yeah, so those are your general sort of vegetarian sources of protein. Again, when it comes to a vegetarian, it is very much on certain combinations which will help you meet those protein requirements in the day. Um, so it's not to say that vegetarians don't get enough protein. It's just how you actually um, combine them in a meal for you to be able to get that daily intake. And so is paneer, isn't it? Yes, yes, paneer definitely does fall under a protein. Again, needs to be consumed in limited quantities and frequencies because it is technically a saturated fat, um, which is what we are trying to reduce also overall in our diet. Now, of course, in South Africa, about a year back or even maybe 
say about two, three years back, there was a massive following in terms of this uh, diet called the Benting diet and everyone eating lots of fat. Now, why is fat good and bad for us? And if you could just talk us through that and tell us uh, what are some of the good and bad fats that we should include uh, in our diet on a daily basis? Yeah. So, you know, there's no such thing again, like I mentioned earlier, that it's bad for you. But I think what we can distinguish is what is unhealthy for us. So we know that saturated fat, which is more animal derived fats, uh, which is, you know, your chicken um, or the skin on the chicken, the, the, the meat, um, the, the cheeses and, and certain dairies does obviously affect us negatively because that has an increased risk in heart disease or diabetes um, and obviously obesity. So we want to try and reduce the saturated fat type of um, foods in our diet. However, the healthy types of fats that we do need in our body, which is very um, important from, from you know managing or, or helping in terms of brain health, um, heart health, um, your skin, is your unsaturated fat, which is your monounsaturated and your polyunsaturated. Now, your monounsaturated fats are generally your olive oils, your olives, your nuts and your seeds and your avocado pea. And then you get polyunsaturated fats, which is in a link to omega-3s. And this is where we need the EPA and DHEA. And this is where we get generally from our oily source fish, which is our sardines, our salmon, mackerel and trout. Now, again, if you're a vegetarian, you might not be able to obviously consume these types of fish. So you will try and push in a lot more of hemp seeds, flax seeds, chia seeds, uh, your walnuts to try and get... Um, you know, uh, your EPA and DHA. However, it is obviously a little bit lower than what you would get from your fatty fish. And this is where a supplement may be needed um, if a patient is, you know, a vegetarian. But we do generally need uh, healthy fats in our diet. And, and again, I think, you know, if you can really start outlining or highlighting in your diet how often you're having red meat, um, you know, are you actually dressing your salads with salad dressings or are you doing it with olive oil? Um, you know, are you snacking on nuts as opposed to chips? Again, you can start sort of seeing the difference of where your fats are coming from. Um, also trans fats is a big thing uh, where we're getting that a lot from our takeaways, which we want to try and actually avoid as well. So we spoke about some of the building blocks, protein, uh, carbohydrates, fats, and fiber, of course, making up your daily eating. And of course, include that uh, as per Mayuri's discussion that we've had right here. Now, in the recent past, it was said that salt uh, was our number one enemy. At the moment, everything is about sugar and how we should be eating less sugar. So with sugar, I mean, salt and sugar is still one of the two things that we do need to address um, and still need to manage our intake of. Again, we are looking for added sugars. So you don't necessarily want to be including added sugar into your diet. So if you're having a tea or coffee, you should start reducing the amount of added sugar that's that's added into, into those beverages. Um, a lot of people get confused with... Um, fruit sugars, and milk sugars. Now, milk sugars, we, tall, we, we call them lactose, which is naturally found in them or found in the dairy, um, and your fruit sugars, which is called fructose. 
that you can't change the nature of those types of foods. So what you can do is obviously reduce the quantity of what you're having of them in a day. Um, again, depending on um, what your needs are and what you're trying to achieve, you know, if it may be weight loss, if it may be controlling your sugar readings, if you're diabetic, um, it all just depends on that individual. However, as the added sugars is what we're trying to make um, people aware of, that, you know, we shouldn't necessarily be using or, or dipping a biscuit into our tea on an everyday basis, not having a chocolate at a snack time, um, not having sweetened yogurts, um, you know, if we if we feel like we need a snack or if you want to have that with muesli in, in the mornings. So those are the things that we are trying to reduce overall in our diet. Um, but it's the natural sugars that is still fine, but obviously depending on that individual, we will have to look at the frequency of how often they can have that in the diet. Now, I'm sure this is a question uh, that you get asked quite often. Do you recommend a cheat meal when someone is trying <laughs> to lose weight? So, yeah, I think, you know, for me, I don't believe in a cheat meal. I think, again, if you are craving that pizza or you're craving that pasta or you're craving something that you haven't had in a long time, I think eat it. Uh, you know, when we start saying, okay, Monday to Friday, we are going to be good and we're going to eat healthy. And then on, on the weekend, we'll just eat whatever we want to. It just brings that whole diet culture back on Monday morning again, where you have to be good. Um, and I think for me, again, it goes back to saying that it's, it's learning to understand portion control, learning to understand moderation, you know, they often speak about moderation, but how do we do that? The only way to do that is by including these foods in our diet, but understanding how much we can have of it. Um, and again, it goes back on if we, if we say no, it's more of a restrictive way of eating, which means we want it again more. So no, I don't believe in a cheat meal. I think if you would like something, definitely accommodate for it in that day or in that week as, as you would prefer. But I wouldn't have a cheat meal uh, because, again, it just it doesn't install good eating habits overall. Do you believe that uh, abs are made in the kitchen? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so 70%. Um, this is for all the men out there. <laughs> and 30% is exercise. So it is what you're putting in or putting on your plate um, that is what's going to help you worth having to get that um, abs. However, it's also the type of exercise. So, I mean, again, often I see a lot of clients that are wanting to lose weight and get abs and be, you know, quite strong and, you know, they just want everything. And, I, and again, it's just a bit of a process, a phase approach, having to first get the excess fat down and then start looking at doing a bit more weight resistance training in conjunction with the cardio. But um, again, it does, like you said, it does um, all happen in the kitchen. What are the top five myths uh, about nutrition that you've come across as a dietitian? Yeah, there's so many, but, you know, from, from what I can just think of right now uh, and what I get often asked is um, often people think that quinoa is a source of protein or is a protein, unfortunately not. It is still a carbohydrate. Um, yes, it may have a little bit of protein or may have traces of protein, but it is still majority a carbohydrate. In fact, a gluten-free um, high-fiber carbohydrate. So very much 
something that you can have in your diet, definitely, um, but it isn't a protein. Um, the other one was coconut oil, coconut oil being healthier. Unfortunately, 80% of coconut oil is still saturated fat. And as we know, the saturated fat is um, you know, a risk factor for heart disease. So it is saying that we need to start reducing or limiting the frequency of coconut oil in our diet and start looking at more healthy monounsaturated fats in our diet, which is more your olive oils. Um, so rather cooking with olive oil or canola oil as opposed to coconut oil on a daily basis. Um, the other one also is um, glute, everyone thinks that gluten-free products is healthier and that they will lose weight. Um, unfortunately not. Um, and again, with gluten-free products and, you know, often we find it on these packaging that they're quite refined. So they use a lot of like refined flours, um, which will obviously help for clients who are celiac disease because these are the patients that would need gluten-free products. But if you're trying to lose weight, you don't need to go on a gluten-free diet. Um, and also if you think about it, most of the natural foods that we want people to eat, which is your sweet potato, your normal potato, um, your beans, your legumes, your chickpeas, your rice, brown rice specifically, if you can, um, as well as corn, millies, um, those are all naturally gluten-free, which is what we want. And it's all wholesome and whole food. Um, so, so again, it's the fiber that sometimes is lacking in gluten-free products. So definitely check the labels. Um, and on that note, we always want um, our fiber to be more than six grams per hundred gram. Um, then we know that that is a good product. Um, the other one is also chocolate is fattening. And so, okay, no single item or no single food item can be fattening. It's rather your total total kilojoule intake of the day that's exceeding your total energy needs for the day. So, for example, a, a 50-gram uh, chocolate bar would give you around 1,000 kilojoules. So we would actually need about 32,000 kilojoules to make a, a kilogram of fat. So... Again, you need a lot more chocolate to, to say that chocolate is fattening. And it's your overall diet intake, which has more of an impact than one specific food. That's music um, to my ears. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then the other one that we touched on, which was earlier, was the um, that milk has sugar. And no, it doesn't. So we know that, you know, um, low-fat milk, uh, skim milk, and full cream milk they generally all have um, a natural occurring sugar, which is the lactose. And that's where you'll see on the, on the label, it will show carbohydrates of which total sugar. They don't generally say, you know, the breakdown of the sugar. They'll just sort of um, keep it to that. And normally you would get about four to five grams of sugar per hundred moles. And that's normal. So, you know, unless it's a sweetened type of milk, yes, there may be added sugar, but, you know, industry or, or, you know, they don't necessarily add sugar. What they are doing is um, they're adding the necessary amount of fats in that specific category. So if it's low-fat milk, it's 2%, um, obviously fat-free zero, and then full cream, the total amount of fat. So they're adding only the fat that's necessary for those types of milks, but they're not adding any sugar. Um, and also just to, to point out is that when we are looking at fat-free milk, you are actually also getting a lower amount of fat. So you're not necessarily getting the amount of vitamin A, D, 
okay, uh, well, the amount of vitamin A specifically in, in those types of milk. So that's the only thing that will be lower, but generally your, your protein um, will be sort of the same in all three types of milks. Thank you so much for that. One myth that I'm uh, very, uh, if, if I could mention one myth, uh, does uh, hot water and lemon help you lose weight? No, and that was also <laughs> one of the ones that <laughs> that apple cider vinegar. People love to chug that with water in the morning, thinking that that will will help. Listen, you know, I do find lemon water and apple cider vinegar great for, from a digestion point of view, but whether it's going to be helping you to lose weight, no, it, it is very much a total amount of kilojoules that you're taking in in a day versus how much you are expending. So there's no miracle food item or drink that's going to help you with weight loss. Because I think if it is the case, we wouldn't have a job. Um, so, you know, so really keep in mind that these things are great from, from a tummy point of view. You know, I would definitely, um, I always start my day with warm water and lemon and then only, you know, have any other hot beverage. So I think it's great to, to incorporate it, but from a weight loss point of view, no. Um, unfortunately, it won't help. Mayuri, thank you so much for chatting to us and thinking out loud. How can people connect with you online? Um, so, yes, thanks so much for having me yet again. Um, so Pleasure. they're welcome to uh, follow me on Instagram. And my handle is Mayuri Barwan. And they're welcome if they would like an appointment. I have a, a form that they um you know they could fall out and i would get back to them um yeah so instagram is probably my uh, preferred social media um way of getting um, hold of me and i'll get back to them whoever is interested fantastic thank you so much thank you rios thank you so much over the next couple of weeks we feature a variety of guests who will help us find answers to questions we often think about but rarely ask on thinking out loud this is Riyaz Safi saying thank you so much for listening. Till the next episode, bye for now.